Um, so should we address the fact now that I don't live in Berlin anymore? Yeah, well, I guess the premise of this podcast has been broken. Um, because the premise of this podcast was kind of like, we have a relationship through WhatsApp. We send each other voice messages through WhatsApp. Uh, me being in Dublin, you being in Berlin. And an essential uh, an essential building block of that has now been broken. You're you're not in Berlin mm. anymore. You're in Dundrum. Yeah, but uh, yeah, any of our any of our regular listeners will have noticed that we missed a week um, on the podcast. But as I was leaving Berlin, unfortunately, watching films was not my priority at the time. So I moved home to Dublin yeah. last what Wednesday. Welcome and back. Here I am. Yeah, but you'll be glad to hear that me and Killian are still not in the same room. <laughs> we, uh, I've insisted. <laughs> I just think it would be too intense, man. Yeah. I actually, we, I, I messaged Mark and I said, we should do in the same room. And Mark just said that that'd be a bit intense. Standing face to face. This is it, well, after I, on Saturday, spending 12 hours together on Saturday. The idea of, of sitting face to face and having a face to face podcast is too much for you. So we're still doing it through the phone, which is nice. It's uh it is not. I just feel like we have the formula, you know, we have our formula. Yeah. I feel like you don't want to mess with it. And I feel like having us both sitting beside each other just might, just might be a bit much for me, Killian. What do you think about um, the possibility that we may go to see films together? Um, and then in that instance, do we still send each other WhatsApp voice messages? Like, or are we not, are we forbidden now to ever go to the cinema together? I feel like we can go, but only in the condition that we don't sit beside each other and we both just leave bolting off the directions <laughs> immediately. <laughs> we just leave the cinema no, bolted off the directions, say. find a corner and just send each yeah. other voice messages. Yeah. Yeah. Just walk around the corner, send each other voice messages and meet back up. So, uh, so Killian, enough uh, shy talking, I think. Yeah. What, uh, what have you seen since I last spoke to you? Uh, so the last film I saw, which is the one I think we're going to do first, is Pain and Glory by Pedro Almodovar, which I went to see in uh, in that fancy uh, Stella cinema in uh, Rath. What was it? Where is it? Ranla in Ranla. Uh, they have one in Rathmines and one in Ranla. And uh, yeah, I went to see it with Anna. Um, and this is what I thought. Hey, Mark, just got out of Pain and Glory by Pedro Almodovar, or Almodovar. I've never really learned how to say his name properly. And I have to say, it was absolutely wonderful. I went to see it in the Stella, which is a cinema in uh, Ranala, which charges 20 euro for a ticket. And I have to say, it was not a great cinema. Uh, so bad cinema, but the film was amazing. Really enjoyed it. It's uh, kind of a semi-autobiographical film about a filmmaker who's going through kind of uh, midlife, mid to late life kind of depression and he starts meddling with heroin and he's really nostalgic about his past and he has to get through depression and stuff. It's really, yeah, he's a really great filmmaker visually. He just is really nice at cutting scenes together. Every single uh, frame looks like it could be a painting or Anna said it really well. They look like they could be, you know, in a magazine or something. They have a real chic, um, crisp framing to them that's just really wonderful to look at. And he is always choosing actors who have really interesting, detailed faces that just look really wonderful. Um, the acting was amazing. Um, and then the stories, you know, you really get to see the craft of how Almodovar 
finds his stories because it's kind of semi-autobiographical and it's really wonderful to see this great director um, at work uh, doing what he does best. But yeah, 10 out of 10. Whoa, 10 out of 10. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I'd i say I'll probably take that down to a 9 out of 10 just out of, the you know, there is no 10 out of 10 kind of thing. But um, as I've let it, sit longer it's really maybe one of my favorite Almodovar films I'm a big fan of his but I thought this was just such a good movie it was just really nice nice little stories um like the stories are what make it up he keep he's basically this director and he keeps seeing these stories everywhere and he keeps going like oh, I'd really like to make a movie about that but before he can make a movie he kind of has to deal with his own internal depression and it's really kind of like there's a lot of like melodramatic scenes which are typical of him. The colors are really amazing. The writing is so it's so so nice. And there's loads of like lovely Spanish stuff. He's a Spanish director, and there's loads of lovely Spanish stuff. Mm. And um, I don't know. It's just it's one of those films that I feel it just it could it really makes you realize why you like films because it could only be a film. I don't think this could be like a book or something like other movies we're gonna review like charlie says or whatever could be a it could be a book or uh some other ones could be a play but this really could only be a film it couldn't be any other type of art form because you're mixing so many different elements and uh i don't know i just i loved it i thought it was really really great i think you'd enjoy it too it's it's in spanish isn't it yeah yeah um antonio banderas plays the main and then um and then penelope cruz is in it also I remember it's funny that you said it has a lot of melodramatic scenes because I remember seeing uh, the trailer for it and I thought it looked like like what what are those like Spanish uh, you know the way there's that like genre of Spanish kind of soap opera ah yeah 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 what are they called again I don't know what, what they're, they're called, called but yeah they're re- like they're really over the top uh, acting and stuff like that yeah 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 I'd say he has a certain but, influence from that yeah. It's it's a it's a it's obviously a very serious film though. It's like that the melodrama is, it's not meant to be taken as a kind of tongue in cheek thing or anything. It's a it's a very serious film, is it? Um, I think he's always a little bit tongue in cheek in how he does things. To be honest, um, like there there's a scene with uh heroin and did you know the film about Schmidt? Did you ever see about Schmidt? Is that does that have um Jack Nicholson? Yeah, and he kind of has he's kind of having like a late to middle life crisis like they they kind of like at the end of their career or something like that and he feels he's kind of like what do i do and you know when you kind of get old and you stop obeying any mm. rules and there's kind of a funny scene where his friend's like doing hair when he's like can i can i have some of that and he's like uh but why why do you want some of this like you're fucking 70 or 60 or something and he's like i don't know just never try it and like that's kind of the way it's done yeah. it's kind of tongue-in-cheek and it's serious, but it's kind of like it's kind of sad. But then it's also really beautiful at moments, and um, it doesn't it doesn't take itself seriously, which is I think a very nice um, characteristic. Yeah, for sure. And what else has he? Uh, what else has he directed? You said you're a big fan of his. Oh yeah, he he's done a lot. He uh, he did Volver uh, with Penelope Cruz in the main. He did uh, uh, Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown. He did uh, The Skin I Live In. Do you remember that one? That was a famous one with Antonio Banderas and he uh his his daughter gets raped by uh by this guy and then he kidnaps the guy and then starts doing uh captures the guy and starts doing plastic surgery to make the guy look like his daughter. It gets really fucking weird. Uh and then he's Jesus. done I've done a lot he's done a lot of films. Like he's he's probably one of the leading uh directors 
in the world right now. Um, he's really, really popular. I mean, he's mm. he's a Spanish director and he's gotten like his films are in the IMC and Dunleary. So, you know, he's a pretty big deal. Uh, oh, yeah. It's rare yeah. that would happen. I've I've unfortunately heard of none of those films, but uh, <laughs> I will. <laughs> um, um, What's his name? Antonio Banderas also plays Puss in Boots in the Shrek trilogy. Yeah, he does. He plays Puss, <laughs> Puss in Boots in the Shrek movie. <laughs> but didn't he also play Zorro? So it was kind of like a funny little thing going on there. And then Puss in Boots got his own movie as well. I love Antonio Banderas. I would be a, I think I'm a really big fan of his. After watching this, I was like, he is just the best. He does really silly stuff. And then he does extremely serious stuff. I like someone who could do that, you know? <laughs> do you know what? He, uh, he brought out a fashion line of men's capes. Capes? How cool is that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd buy just, one. like very expensive capes for men. I, they never came back in, did they, capes? They went out in the 18th century no, well, and they just never came back in. Yeah, it's a shame. I mean, they don't really just whack a pair of sleeves on there. It's like yeah. way more functional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's There's no point to a cape. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. what, what's the next film that we have on the cards? The next film that we have is Eighth Grade, which oh, I yes. was a bit late to see. Mm-hmm. But you saw a while ago. I can't yeah. even remember if if it was long before we ever did this podcast. In A24. Uh, that's when you watched it. No, no, no. I said an A24. Did you think I said May 24? Oh, I thought you said, <laughs> I thought you said May 24th. I was like, whoa, you really, uh, you got a good memory. May 24th. There. I remember. I saw it on May 24th. I told you all about it on at five o'clock on May 24th. <laughs> but here, uh, yeah, so I watched it and um, yeah, here's what I thought of it. I just watched eighth grade, eighth grade there. Um, bit late to watch this one, but man, very, very good. Really, really like that movie. It's like, yeah, really relatable, really, really cringe, really funny. But also like really nice and kind of wholesome and like endearing and like even though it's like the the sad parts are like I don't know all the sad bits and like they're all really kind of like ah uh, yeah like painfully relatable and just like reminds you of that whole period of time and all the cringe bits are just like oh my god but it's like it's not it's. Um, it's cringe, but it's not, it's not, it's never like making fun of the main character or the, any of the people. It's, it's just like, yeah, it's just very real, very relatable, cringeworthy, just what, 13, 12, 13, 14 year old times that everyone's had. And yeah, it was done in such a good way. And it was, ugh, it was just so funny as well. I was laughing so much during it and. Also, yeah, like I had to like stand up and like walk around the room at times and like completely look away at some scenes because they're just so tough to watch, but also couldn't stop watching as well. It's just, yeah, really, really good film, really well put together and perfect, perfectly measured in all of its parts of cringiness and funniness and sadness and stuff. Very, very good. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Still, uh, yeah, still feel the same. It was just such a, such an amazing movie. Like, really, 
just nailed that whole period of time, like secondary school, like go or sorry, not even secondary school, primary school, kind of going into secondary school, maybe a bit older, I guess. They're like, what, like 12, 13? Yeah. But yeah, I feel like for everyone, it's just such a weird time to be alive. <laughs> and that film just perfectly, perfectly got it. Like yeah. the acting was so good and just, it was just really it it was like at times it made me like laugh so much like some of the scenes were just so well done like a thing I thought mm. was so funny was uh you know when she's in bed like so the girl is in bed and her dad yeah. comes in and says good night to her all the time mm. and she's kind of getting to the age where I think the idea is the dad doesn't have to come in and say good night yeah she's and like she, he keeps doing it and he keeps doing it, but what makes it so funny, such a funny touch is every time he comes in, he just never has a t-shirt on, which oh, I just think is so funny. <laughs> he always just comes in with his boxers and goes yeah. like, good night. Yeah. Like, that's just perfect. You're like, dad, stop <laughs> doing yeah. that. I don't want to see you like yeah, that. Like, yeah, dad, stop walking around your boxers. <laughs> the, um, yeah. Um, but yeah, and like some of the, some of the scenes of her interacting with older people, are just perfect and like the type of thing where like she's hanging out with older people and and she thinks that this is great oh i'm mm. ha- hanging out with people who are older than me and cooler mm. and and she thinks it's going really well and she's super mm. happy but you as the viewer are like oh this isn't gonna yeah this isn't good you yeah, know yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, this isn't gonna be good and it's just the whole thing was mm. so well done yeah i think um the the amazing thing was how there was uh, so many different elements of like the cringe right there was just the cringe um but almost like a very necessary good cringe of um you know her doing things uh in these situations and it's very kind of awkward and hard to watch or even when people are really quite mean to her um the way kids can be cruel in that way but then also there's like really sad kind of horrible moments to watch which is like when she's just on her phone in a dark room just scrolling and scrolling and uh and then there's mm. like the humor as well like it's so funny it's like really really funny i just think the way that the film managed to balance those three elements was just really amazing um and mm-hmm. then like yeah the music is just fantastic i don't know if we could oh, get yeah. onto the score but like the music was just amazing as well yeah it's so yeah the music was really well chosen and like yeah the different cuts like whenever she sees the guy that she fancies and then that like a particular music yeah it's just so funny <laughs> it, it kind of just you describing it there kind of made me realize that like you can nearly split like cringe stuff into three categories of like funny cringe mm. and then just like awkward cringe yeah. and then kind of like sad cringe yeah and this has all three of them like yeah. there's some very heavy sad cringe horrible cringe mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> but um yeah the the whole like even her her dad was very well cast her whole oh. interactions with her dad the dad was perfect. amazing I, what was he was he in anything else the dad yeah yeah he's in loads of stuff i mean i i don't know i see him all over he's always in like he's in like an american comedy movie uh go-to kind of character uh what's his name I, I, I thought the dad was Bo Burnham for a long, like pretty much the entire movie. I had to Google it at the end. <laughs> the uh, Bo Burnham is the director of the film. If anyone doesn't know that, but yeah, yeah Bo I, Burnham's I went the whole first, thing, like, oh, first film. 
Like that's amazing. Yeah, which is fucking crazy. Yeah. Has he gone on to make anything else? Because I watched. Uh, it was. I saw like a some YouTuber put a up a video that said like it was like a ten minute long thing called, uh, on like Bo Burnham's use of light in his films, and I was like, I think he's only made one. So it's yeah, just yeah. about one movie. Or yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, he's only made one. Has he done TV shows? Uh, he did do a TV show. He did a really uh, well. I only saw one episode, so I'm not going to give too much uh, like of an opinion on it, to be honest. But he did a funny show called Zach Something Wants to Be Famous, uh, which is basically this guy who gets uh, pays a camera crew to follow him around, and he tries to get famous. He, what I think he's doing, um, and I think Eighth Grade was is one of the uh one of the most impressive films about social media and especially its effect on young people that i've seen i don't know if i've even mm. seen a film that's as dexterous or that's as you know well put out and sort of knows what it's making i guess only maybe a, yeah. a, a, a filmmaker in their 20s could make something like this i don't think someone in their 40s would be able to do it because they're just old and don't no. really understand what's going on yeah, there's a definite insight there. Like he really knows the pros and cons and there's just like how it's used and how it affects people. But it's, it's interesting. Is Bo Burnham, do you know what age he is? I imagine he's about the same age as us or is he? Yeah, yeah, I think he is. Yeah, he's probably the same age as us. Because he has a, he seems to have a real, like he seems to be really able to get into the mind of like a 13 year old girl, <laughs> like a 13 year old American girl. Like he really <laughs> nailed it. Like, he's 29, well, I he's guess 29. He nailed it to as much as I think. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know what that's like, but as much as I think mm-hmm. it's, it's accurate, um, he really nailed it. Like, yeah. Um, before, uh, before we go on to the next movie, can I quickly something I wanted to ask you? And I just remembered now. You said you went to the Stella Cinema to see Pain and Glory. Yeah. Um, and it's twenty euro a ticket. How yeah. do they attempt to justify that money? As far as I'm concerned, um, that was maybe the worst cinema experience in terms of how much I paid <laughs> and how horrible the experience was. I mean, there's a whole trope of things that went wrong. I, but I, I, I mean... How bad could it be? Oh, it's so, so bad. First of all, like, there's the whole 20 euro for the ticket thing, even though I only paid 10. Uh, and you go in and it's got this insane decor. It's those press-up guys. Um, it's got this insane decor where it's kind of like a, 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 like a, I don't know, a bar from the, the 1920s in... in uh, America. It's got that kind of art deco on the walls and really flashy brass mirrors everywhere. And you're like, oh, okay, this is kind of cool. Um, and then I went downstairs and I had this card uh, which had my discount on it. And I went up to the guy that was like, hey, I have a discount. And he went, man, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm training here. This is my training shift. I don't know what's going on. And I was like, oh, okay, well, can someone just give me the discount here? And he's like, okay, I'll ask my guy. He went off and got a guy. The guy came back and he was like, man, I've only been here a month. I actually don't know what to do with this card. <laughs> so he went upstairs and got the manager. <laughs> and then the manager came down and he had like a, like a leaflet or of, of a how to use a discount card. And like the manager himself was using this thing, like reading the steps as it was going along. And then there was loads of other stuff, like in the actual cinema, there were just these blue lights shining from the roof and, uh, and they were uh. just on the whole time. And I went out and I was like, can you turn them off? And they were like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it immediately. And they just never did. The guys, they do the whole service thing, you know, that, that service thing where you serve people during the movie, but they didn't make any attempt to duck down. They were just walking across the screen. And then um, uh. the barriers between the seats were really high. So they're kind of like, 
cutting underneath it. And the chairs, while looking amazing, were just really not comfortable at all. And I was yeah watching it with my girlfriend, but because there was, um, so me and Anna were watching it, but, but they had like this lamp in between us. So we couldn't kind of like, you know, snuggle or stuff, you know? So it was just, I don't know. It was just a horrible, horrible experience. <laughs> the first 20 minutes, I was just couldn't sitting there. Snuggle. Couldn't snuggle, couldn't do anything. I was really like angry and uh, it ruined the whole movie for the first 20 minutes. People fucking, are there people eating burgers and shit in there? Yeah, and you could just smell the burgers and it's just like, and they're rustling oh. their paper and you're like, piss off. Like this is shit. It's, and it yeah. costs 20 euro. I have to pay extra for this horrible experience. That's uh, the people coming in and out would do my head in. Um, yeah. Did, did you ever go to Nighthawk Cinema in New York? Yeah, I did. Yeah. So, so they had the restaurant service yeah. to your seat. Yeah. But they were like, they were like ninjas, yeah. man. They That's were so the stealthy. Be. Yeah. Yeah. They just appear beside you with, with whatever you ordered and you yeah. didn't even hear them approach. You'd have, just be like, 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 yeah, they got you. You get a little card and you'd have like digested the food and you wouldn't have even noticed. They're like drinking it for yeah. you almost. It's like, how do they do that? It's like slipping by. But that's American service. What they've done is they've taken this like American model and then they've, they've transplanted it into Ireland. But like Irish people don't really understand service and like making a big effort yeah. there. I, we, I just had two teenagers who were like in their first year of college and were just kind of like, man, I don't know. I'm doing, I'm, I'm doing my traineeship. I don't know what's going on here. I'm like, okay, well, I paid 20 yeah. euro for this, even though I didn't, but I could have, you know? Well, here, man, to be fair, you're, you're, uh, you're, you're put, basing it all around that interaction. And to, to, to an average paying customer who didn't have this voucher, they might, might not have had that experience, you know? No, no, it, it, but it was everything else. Like, they didn't even offer us any food. or I was, It was crap. And, it, and then I've, I've talked to other people, <laughs> and they've all said it was also extremely crap. Um, but that's the new one in uh, Ranala. Maybe the Stella in uh, Rathmines is different. But those press-up guys, they're up to mm. no good. Yeah. Um, ah, well, I won't be going there anyway. Don't, please. Well, I mean, you're not going to. You're a student again, it, so. <laughs> it, it actually is. It actually is funny because I had a, I had a, I had a, Emer was making fun of me because we had a conversation on WhatsApp where I was like, oh, I'm real sad that the Bernard Shaw closed down. You know, it's such a cool pub. And now there's a Weatherspoons across the road or yeah. get, getting planned permission across the road. Like, you know, the, Dublin is blah, 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 blah. And then like in the same chain, I was like, ooh, when you're back, we should go to that fancy cinema in Rathmines. And she was like, Mark, <laughs> like just <laughs> read back on, on those messages. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, um... um I like the idea, but if, I mean, I guess like you do have to get the service right in those things. Um, I mean, that's probably the most important mm. part and they, they do not have it figured out. Uh, but anyway, Jesus, yeah. I got very angry there, but it was, it was something I got very angry about at the time. Um, I don't know. Well, you're, you're a passionate man. And yeah. They were, they were messing around. <laughs> with, uh, I care about the important you, things. You... <laughs> um, so what, uh, what's the next film that we're going to talk about? Killer? Yeah. We d- yeah, so the next film um, we're going to talk about is Charlie Says. This is the, ne- this the second time in a month that we have uh, a Manson film in, in the mix. Uh, Charlie Says, I went to see Charlie this says. in Italy uh, with Anna. So this was one that came from Roma. It's, I w- went to see this film in Roma in a uh, cinema. And I don't know if I say this in the voice message. So I, I mean, the very funny thing about uh, cinemas in Rome is they... Uh, they don't have any trailers before the film. The only thing they have is like, like a short 
very homemade advertisement for a local Italian restaurant. <laughs> they just had like, uh, they just said, it's a joy pizza. And then like, that was all. And then it was immediately into film and it wasn't multiple. It was just one like pizzeria. And then that was it, uh, which I thought was a really nice thing to happen. That's um, yeah. Charlie says, uh, buongiorno, Mark just got out of, um, Charlie says in Roma where I am at the moment. Um, as you know, on my holidays, I like to go to the cinema uh, at least once. It's just a nice little relaxing thing to do. Uh, Charlie Says is about the Manson family, uh, specifically the three uh, Manson girls who committed the murders. And it's them in prison after the crime coming to the realisation that all the stuff that they've um, believed isn't, isn't true. And it's a pretty tough film. It's interesting to kind of think of how they dealt with the Manson family stuff and how Tarantino dealt with the Manson stuff uh, in the in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It, they they are very empathetic to the to the people who kind of got brainwashed by Manson, and it's really creepy to see how he manipulated them and brainwashed them. It starts out like he seems like this kind of cool guy with these cool hippy dippy ideas and it's all about love and they're living in there and then he starts to do things and and he, he slowly starts to be quite aggressive he's like really really sexist very racist just like a total it's just to turn into a really horrible person and then uh, also a very pathetic failed musician just a shit guy um very much a shit guy and and it, it, the, what this film was good was that it kind of it, it makes you ask the question, um, which I think is always useful to do, like, could this have been you or could you have been uh, manipulated in the same way? And uh, I think it's always worth doing doing that kind of uh, thought, thought game. Overall, good movie. I enjoyed it. The acting was really good. Um, I, it was difficult, probably not something you'd want to watch on your holidays, but still. Uh, <laughs> Still uh, got that nice Italian experience. I think I'll go to, I think I'll go to the Vatican City tomorrow instead of going to another film. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Uh, listening to that again because it was when I was on holidays. I'm no longer on holidays, so I am listening to that with uh, a certain degree of jealousy with my past self. But yeah, that film Charlie <laughs> says is good. It, it 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 it's, I guess maybe not like an enjoyable watch in a weird way. It's kind of like. Uh, a little bit punishing almost um it's re it, because you're kind of like dealing with really dark stuff and you have to go to, you have to like ask these kind of tough questions um but i think the acting is really good what i thought was really well done was showing how at the start the blending kind of the hippie ideals with um what the manson family kind of were doing at the start and they were trying to live this alternative lifestyle and trying to get rid of ego all stuff that most hippies would sign up for and then slowly kind of moving that towards like complete madness and uh you know it's really interesting to see that happen uh but yeah like it's it's uh, it's interesting to watch the the people after they've committed the crimes uh, slowly unravel their uh like slowly unravel and realize that Charles Manson was uh, a psychopath and was manipulating them and it takes them ages it takes them like 2 years to figure out that he he was wrong they believe him for ages um, 
do you think was it was it his intention always like when you said it started out pretty good and like it was going along with the hippie ideal and stuff mm-hmm. do you think it was his intention always to turn it into kind of this sick weird cult thing or do you think he kind of just went a bit power mad over time yeah so uh, so the thing about you have to understand about charles manson is like he's a total loser like he he completely <laughs> fails and like he kind of thinks he has like this massive ego he thinks he's like the next Jesus, like he, he puts himself on par with like John Lennon, Jesus, Charles Manson, uh, whereas in reality, he's just a, he's a loser. And he's like always playing his guitar. And, and then he manages to get one of the beast, uh, Beach Boys to come along and listen to his music. And he tries to get a music produ- producer and he's convinced he's going to be the biggest star. And then when he doesn't get that, obviously not because he's like crap. Um, like he I think he mm. gets some sort of grudge in him. Uh against kind of the hollywood success class and then i think that's when he really starts to go and he wants to start killing celebrities because these are the people who he can't be you know did did uh did he already have kind of a cult following before he had established that his career was never going to go anywhere or did did he only kind of focus on gaining this following after he no, no, that, that was, uh, it was all kind of like happening at the same time. But like the communes like oh. the Manson family uh, are, weren't uncommon, you know, and there were plenty of them that were perfectly lovely um, kind of hippie communes where they were all just like having a nice time and, uh, you know, doing the free love kind of thing. Uh, it, but then he and they have one of those previously. And then on his commune, he kind of like gets rejected. Uh, his songs get rejected. And he gets rejected by a label. Mm. And then he kind of, I think that's kind of where he starts to turn and twist. But the reality is he's probably a, a nut job all along. Like he spent his whole life in and out of prison and he's, you know, and then he enjoys this power he has over people. And, and do you think, uh, do you think this was released kind of like, because it's re- released pretty much at the exact same time as Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Do you think they intentionally, is it like a response to it or? It's, no, is it just a coincidence. I, I think it's like a, I think what the angle is is it's different from the regular uh, Manson family kind of films, which there are quite a lot of. People are fascinated with mm. them uh, because it's really focusing on the uh, three women who were incarcerated in the women's jail, and it's focusing on them and how they were. You know, they were the belief and the understanding that most people. Uh, that that most people believe is that they were manipulated by Charles Manson to do these terrible acts. And what we're watching in this film is the breaking down of that manipulation through the work of uh, a social worker. And she has these conversations with them and she's like just applying logic to their like nonsense views that they, you know, the film's called Charlie says, because everything that Charlie says is law is truth. And then we're watching the breaking down of that. Uh, and it was interesting but- to watch that. I'm still not entirely clear. Is this a documentary or is it not a documentary? It's not a documentary, you, no. you said act... Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So for a while I thought it was a documentary, but... So <laughs> who plays Charles Manson? Uh, the the Doctor Who before the last, Matt Smith, he plays uh, he plays Charles Manson. And I... Uh, my auntie thinks I look a lot like Matt Smith, okay? And then I was oh. once in a... Uh, in the famous... Um, stone stone what's it stonewall uh famous stonewall bar in new york city and there was a drag queen there who was doing a bingo night and i asked her a question and she she uh you know the way drag queens are really you know cruel 
And she was just like, who's this Charles Manson motherfucker coming up to me? And because I looked like Charles Manson at the time because I had long hair and a mustache. So I have this horrible thing where I, I'm worried that I fucking look like Charles Manson now. <laughs> yeah, you've a you've a, a questionable Halloween costume in the back pocket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, uh, it sounds interesting though. I'll, I'll probably give that a watch. It sounds cool. It, it would be nice. I guess it sounds like it's not. It's not a sensationalized or over the top or nearly like mm. it. It's not glamorizing violence or anything. That, no, which I, I I'd say a lot of Charles Manson films are. Yeah, they, they all seem to be fairly unsavory, but this one it sounds equally unsavory, but at least realistic. Yeah, and what's it's just it is interesting. Like after watching a film uh, with the exact same people being represented in totally different ways, watching Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and you have like the bud guy and the this guy and the, that this girl and that girl and then seeing them in the exact same people but represented with by different actors it's just kind of interesting to see how a different mm. director deals with a different subject um yeah mm. and and so just so to go back to what i said earlier like do you think do you think that the the because there are a lot of charles manson films but there's not that many so it is kind of a coincidence that this one and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood are released around the same time. Like, yeah. do you think that's a coincidence or do you think they intentionally did it that way? Yeah, I'd say it's a coincidence, to be honest. I don't think... Uh, really? Yeah, because I don't think movies want that to happen. Maybe he died and then and then suddenly people were like, oh, he's in the zeitgeist again. Let's make a couple movies about him. Like, that might have happened. I'd say it's something outside of the... Mm. Uh, but this film, I don't even think... I think it just came out in Italy a lot later. I think it could have come out like... I don't know, uh, six months ago or something. Um, okay. But yeah, I think maybe he died and then he, there was a renewed interest in the Manson family or someone probably wrote a book and then suddenly uh, people are noticing him again or something. You know, um, when when he died, or I think even possibly before he died, his wife, who they married him while he was in prison, yeah, wanted or was researching and said publicly that she intended on having him how do you say like taxidermied or stuffed or whatever she oh, wanted to taxidermy him and she wanted to make like a tourist attraction out of it and then like people were like yeah you like you can't do that to him <laughs> but she like said publicly that she wanted to make like a taxidermy thing of of his of his body um but obviously that that never happened it would be destroyed people hate him so much i mean i hate him so much um but I think weirdly a lot of people love him for some yeah, yeah, reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He too. does have a cool status. Yeah. Axel Rose is a fan, I think. Um yeah, and Pantera. Yeah, like fucking and like I don't know, weirdos. Weirdos. Get taken in. Um weirdos. but the next movie. What is the next movie? The next movie is a super nerd film called <laughs> Memory Origins of Alien, uh, which is a documentary. I think it was the, yeah, it was the 40th anniversary of the film Alien uh, recently. And they made a documentary about just about that film, just the first one. I watched it recently mm-hmm. and uh, here is what I thought of it. Hey, man, I just watched uh, Origins of Alien, Memory Origins of Alien. Uh, it's like a documentary about Alien. Uh, specifically the first one not the kind of franchise in general really fucking cool film really enjoyed it really um kind of goes into the film talking about like 
you know, in, in loads of different ways, but like it talks about the the themes of the film, general ideas, and like how they get inspiration for the ideas, and like interpreting what specific things mean, but also just from like a practical point of view and like how they did certain effects and stuff like that. Um, but it's also cool because like it really made you realize how many people go into making a movie, which I didn't really think about. Like when you think about Alien, you kind of think of H.R. Geiger, who did the artwork, and Ridley Scott, who directed it. But Ridley Scott only came on, like, fairly late. Like, the, this plot and everything was very much together, and, like, all the iconic scenes were already written by a guy called Dan O'Bannon, who'd been working on the script for ages before they even came on. So it really kind of made me go, oh, right, like, there's a lot... I always kind of imagined it being Ridley Scott's kind of baby that he created, but that wasn't really the case at all. And same with H.R. Geiger, like, the artwork... He was given, while like the actual alien itself was from a painting of his, a lot of the uh, the other stuff was kind of just very much, he was given a lot of direction and stuff, which is pretty cool um, to, to, to see how it all worked. But um, yeah, I really recommend it. Maybe kind of was an interesting thing to watch just from, uh, to learn more about that film specifically, but it also gave me a kind of a pretty cool insight into just how blockbuster films are made in general i suppose it's probably not relevant anymore because that film was made in the 70s and it's probably totally different now but if you want to learn more about how films are made in the 70s it's definitely one that's worth watching mm. yes yeah it was uh yeah it was i sound a bit sleepy or something there but it's um yeah that film was really really good and i oh, i am okay. like i'm a bit biased because i love alien especially the first and second one and kind of the third one but i also more just like love the franchise and the how the aliens look and, and the artwork and stuff like that um so i was super excited to see this once i saw a trailer for it but it's actually just a really well put together movie and as i said in, in the voice message just gives you such an interesting perspective into how films in general are made mm -hmm. and they don't what, what i thought was really cool about it is they reference so many things like apparently the guy dan o'bannon wasn't he was shameless about just saying, oh, I got this idea from this and I got this idea yeah. from this and I got this idea from this. So they really like, they show you a lot of scenes from films, like a scene from a, a film that came out in like the 60s where an alien bursts out mm -hmm. of a guy's chest or a scene from this thing where an alien hatches out of an egg and like mm -hmm. loads and loads of films that d would have been around Dan O'Bannon's time, the guy who wrote it, that may have influenced him. Yeah, And then you get to see different iterations of the script and they even show you clips of a film that he made before. He actually made it with John Carpenter, um, which is essentially like the same plot as Alien, but it's more kind of like in a in a kind of a Spaceballs style. So it's kind of like oh, a, really? funny, a yeah. funny film. And then something happened apparently and they had a, a bad relationship and then he decided to go on and take a serious approach to the okay. Alien thing. But I, it was really good. And it made me also realize that like we put so much emphasis on directors for yeah. films, but the writers rarely get spoken about yeah. and like they write the story, yeah. which is so like, I only kind of realized like I've never, I love this franchise and I've never heard the name Dan O'Bannon before. And yeah. he literally like created the story yeah. that, that the film is. That's, I and, think that's huge. Like the, 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 the film is a collaborative process and it, it's so easy to, think that the director is the be all and end all but like he's not even pressing play on the record on the recording button like he he is kind of just saying yes to what other people are doing 
or she, sorry, he or mm. she is saying yes to what other people are doing and giving the okay. But there's no way they can create everything. And film is like a huge collaborative work. And I really like that that was brought out in this uh, process, especially like the guy who seems mm. to have been the main man behind it. Dana Banner <laughs> is getting his time to shine. Yeah, finally. All, all 40 <laughs> years later. It's, uh, but it's, it's weird. Like it kind of made me wonder, is it, being a director, I guess, is a significant scale in itself, is it? Mm-hmm. Like, why do we even, like, surely the people who write it, when they're writing it, must have a very clear idea in their mind of how yeah. they want things to look and appear and stuff. So why don't they just direct it, you know? Yeah, because it's a separate skill. Writing something and, and, and directing something is a separate skill. I guess like being able to turn something into uh, a vision and like to be able to see v- uh, something visually is like uh it's like a different skill from being able to write uh write a script depending on how the script is written obviously. But what I like about Ridley Scott is that he doesn't he doesn't write his own films. And I I've seen him because you know all most great like big directors tend to write their own films and you always see this like written directed produced thingy but really Scott doesn't and and I like that about him he gets like other people write and he says like I don't I don't know I don't know how to write I'm a director and I like that mm. that there's a separate like it's a separate skill and um mm. and it's 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 only one part of what makes up uh the team that make up a film um yeah I I've never so, seen Alien wh- You've never seen it <laughs> no. Ah, fucking hell, man. What do you mean? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's like... it's That's mental. Yeah. I was wondering if oh, I would man, let we, this well, fly without... The record... <laughs> we have... Well, we know what the fucking next section I'm going to say in the next section. I, I had a film I was going to recommend. Don't recommend Alien, like, because I know, I know I have to see Alien. Like, I've known for 15 years that I'm supposed to see that movie. Oh, man, it's so good. <laughs> It's so good. It's such a, like, it's so well made and mm. it's so scary. And it's so like, even it, I'm genuinely of the opinion, especially after watching that, um, that documentary, that practical effects just look better yeah, than they do CGI. Like I would say a hundred percent of the yeah. time. And even when like you see a practical effect and it doesn't look realistic, mm-hmm. but like CGI doesn't look realistic either. So yeah. neither of them do, you know what yeah. I mean? So at least your practical effects, you have somewhat, some more of like a natural yeah. response or something to it. You know what I mean? And you also see in three it, years, like, it doesn't look know? shit. Like in CGI, all CGI yeah. within the space of five years just looks like garbage. Uh, whereas practical yeah. effects, like we can still watch a lot of uh, Star Wars because like most of it is, is practical effect. The early Star Wars. Um, but yeah. Yeah. The, uh, but that's what I was going to say that the, like the chest buster scene and like, mm. Even the alien, a lot of the alien in the first one is a is a just a guy in a suit, and the the effects are just so good, like so yeah. well done. Um, and there's actually a really interesting scene where Alien Covenant, which was the last one, came out whatever two years ago. Yeah, they show there's a scene where something happens in the first film, and almost the exact same thing happens in the most recent one, and they show them one after the other, and the most recent one it just looks in comparison just looks so. Really? Oh so shit! Were they kind of yeah. criticizing the more modern films? It's funny because uh, I think Ridley Scott is—he um, hasn't exactly been praised for his latest efforts. In I was going to ask you that, so Prometheus. yeah, maybe that's a good. What do you think of Ridley Scott now? 
No, I, I wouldn't think a lot of them. I think Prometheus looked very good. I thought Alien Covenant was utter shit, but... Uh, what did you think I of The Martian? Was, uh, a lot of people were saying The Martian was returned to form. I thought it was I actually garbage. watched it. I thought it was so bad. It was really cheesy and bad. Yeah. Um, I didn't watch it because I was on. I was. I think it came. It came out relatively soon after Interstellar, and I wasn't a fan of Interstellar at all. Uh, okay, which is okay. weird because I love space. Okay. 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 Um. No. I. I think. Uh. I like. I love Ridley Scott. Uh. Gladiator is one of my favorite films. But I mean, that's from like watching it when I was a kid, and loving all that. Like I am Maximus Aurelius, all of the blah blah blah. I love all that yeah. stuff. Um. And Blade Runner and uh and all of that. But I. I mean. Like, he Jesus really has just man. gotten crap, you know? He really has gotten very, very bad. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, sorry. That's what I was going to say. That the, the people, obviously, they're praising him so much in this documentary. And then they're kind of talking about his new things. And obviously, they don't want to be like, oh, Ridley Scott used to be so good, and now he's so shit. But, like, they're saying loads of stuff like, oh, his, in the more recent Alien films, it's definite new different very different approach and like just like skirting around it without being like the new ones are fucking crap yeah 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 i remember seeing um, him but, being interviewed about uh about the ads because his trailers are like really bad and i heard him say this really funny thing so it was like uh ridley your, your trailers are you know people criticize your trailers for giving away too much of the film and you know basically telling the whole entire story and all that kind of stuff and really scott was like Bombs on seats. Bombs on seats. That's all trailers are. Bombs on seats. That's all I want. I put the I put the trailer out. I want to get some bombs on my seats. I was like, what? oh my god, <laughs> so that's I amazing. I think he's I very think much. The, yeah, man. Be, it does reveal a lot. But I thought that the trailer for Prometheus was better than the movie. I thought that. Yeah. I watched that trailer about fifteen times. <laughs> it was a very good trailer. <laughs> the, the first Prometheus that that trailer was like I was like gripping my seat. Mm. Like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Um, he is great. Yeah, so he Alien is great. Is uh, one you got to see, and then once you've watched Alien, you can yeah. you can watch this one. I think you'd like it a lot. Okay, really we're re- are we recommending films now? I guess we're going to recommend films. So the first film, yeah, yeah, as I just did, is Alien. You have okay. to, you have to bloody watch Alien. Okay, I'm actually disgusted at that. Yeah, sorry. Um, but then also a film I want you to see is a film called Tony Erdman. Have I ever talked to you about that before? Oh, I think you have. Tony Erdmann. It's a it's a three hour long German comedy. <laughs> it's a really weird film about a guy who it's a man who lives by himself and he's quite old and his daughter is she's maybe in her thirties or mid thirties and she's like a I think she's a consultant and she's really busy with work and she's kind of constantly looking for promotion she's getting higher and higher up in work and her relationship with her dad has been affected by this um, ah. and he do, he's not seeing a lot of her and then he he's kind of just a strange quirky guy and then he takes it upon himself to he i can't really remember the, the why but he 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 wants to see more of his daughter and he's expressed this to her and she's kind of been a bit dismissive of him so he just buys a pair of like fake teeth and a wig and then creates this character called tony erdman and pretends he's like a big uh like businessman and then starts going into her work and kind of starts like socializing with all of her colleagues in order to get closer to his daughter and that's the that's the premise of the film oh that it's sounds very nice super weird you it's said it's very good three the, hours long the first like 20 yeah okay. and the first 20 minutes really had me being like oh god this is going to be 
a long three hours, but it was it's an amazing movie. Really, okay. really funny. And All really right. Good. Definitely. Definitely check that out. I think my uncle told me to watch what that. What you got for me? Uh well, I would like you oh. to watch um okay. Almodovar's Volver. Okay. Uh this is a really okay. good film. It's uh it's got it's kinda like tough. There's it's- dodgy stuff in it, but um <laughs> But like, it's really. When are you gonna? When are you gonna give me just like a just like a nice like? I'm gonna recommend like Casino or like I don't know Snake Eyes with Nicolas Cage. Yeah, <laughs> I am just going through all no, the I European. No, I accept it. I accept it. All the European directors, am I? I I think uh, I don't know. It's Voltaire. hard. I think I feel like when we talk about stuff and talk about a certain director, it's nice to link that in with the with the show. Um, but Valverde is like about. But how come I'm not allowed? Re- so I can't recommend Alien. You are no, but I just—I mean, I know uh, that's double recommended. You're recommending me double, okay? Okay, fair. And then, fair, fair. so I'm recommending fair. one. I don't even want to recommend this anymore. <laughs> no, I want it. I want it. Go on, tell me more. Tell me the synopsis. Um, okay, so it's uh, Penelope Cruz, and she um, uh, she has a daughter and uh, a boyfriend, uh, and she she's young, and she has an old daughter. So it's like she's obviously had the kid when she was young. Um, and then she has a sister. She's very close with her sister. And then her, her mum is, uh, is dead, but then people start seeing her mum, uh, around. They start seeing her. She's appearing. It's like, is it a ghost or what? And then, um, and then the boyfriend of hers is, uh, he's kind of like a bit of an alcoholic and he's a bit of a dickhead. And then there's a film crew in town and things start to happen. And uh, it's very nice. It's nice. Sounds film. mysterious. It's mysterious. Yeah, it is mysterious. It's uh, kind of a family drama, really. Um, okay. I. <laughs> would it be of the si- a similar kind of like melodramatic kind of style to the yeah. one you're yeah, talking about? Yeah, it's a mode of art melodrama. Um, but it's nice. kind of like got a little bit of, you know, murder kind of crime elements to it as well and uh yeah a little thriller-esque potentially um but i'll watch a little bit of everything i'll watch your movies you watch my movies and then uh and then let's just like respect each other (laughs) no i'm looking forward to this one i'm just i'm just i'm just poking a bit of fun at the fact that you're you're, you're very cultured choices you're right Um, i need to fucking grow grow a pair you 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 interested in seeing anything this week? I have tickets to see Crawl, Sam Raimi uh-huh. uh, film. Do you know? Do you know this about the the premise? Seems to be a woman. Uh, there's a flood, and then a yeah. woman gets trapped in her basement, and then there's a crocodile in the basement. Um, that seems to be it. <laughs> is it's is it Sharknado <laughs> six or something? It it sounds like a Sharknado situation. Um, it does, but the only reason I'm going to see it is because, like, you know, when you see any kind of nowadays, you see a, a trailer for a movie with like a so any kind of giant lizard or fish, yeah. You just like this is going to be, but this actually see like it's directed by Sam Raimi. He directed yeah. all the Evil Dead films, which yeah, I like, yeah, and yeah. he did the Spider Man film with Willem Dafoe as the Green Goblin. So he's a good director, and it looks like it has a bit of money behind it. It's not just some B movie, so yeah, I'm intrigued by it. Because mm-hmm. like a B movie plot with like a, a what's the opposite of a B movie? An A movie budget a director and yeah, a budget. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's uh that's it. So yeah, that should be cool. I'm it does look good. It does look good. Night, so 
It looks fun. Looks like a bit of fun. Yeah. What about what about yourself? What are you going to see? So the film I really want to see this week is uh, Extraordinary with uh, Maeve Higgins. It's a film about a woman who can see ghosts. Uh, it just looks like a kind of a nice Irish movie. I love Maeve Higgins. I think she's just one of those lovely uh, Irish women. Um, and she's really funny as well. And it just looks like, I, I don't know, it reminds me a little bit of what we do in the shadows with kind of like a funny, quirky science fiction kind of buzz. And um, yeah, I, I really, uh, I can't wait to see it. I think it'll be a nice little comedy. I've seen the trailer for it. It has that, um, it has that American actor in it. What is his name? That guy. He's really funny and he's all, he's in Tim and Eric and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Will Forte. Will Forte. Yeah, 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 him. Yeah, he's yeah. in it. He's very funny. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. seeing him in it made me excited. Yeah, yeah, he's great. It's meant uh, to be very good. That looks good. And it's Irish. I feel like Irish comedies, Irish comedies can be hit and miss for me sometimes. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. So that's it. That's what you're going to see. Yeah, I, I'm going to see that. And um, and I think there's one or two other movies, but I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a blank at the moment. I'm sorry. I'm, be- I'm about to be on television, Listen. Mark. You do know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what uh that's another reason it wasn't just my moving home, um, but MK Media, MK Ultra Media are yeah. moving on to the television. Yeah, I, I I was on I'm gonna be on television in about an hour's time. So that's why I'm drawing a blank on all these movies and things that are happening because obviously podcasts are important, but people's eyes are glued to the big screen and that's where I'm gonna be uh in about an hour's time. Prime time, RT one, they've been asking me my opinions, they've been listening to the podcast. So uh, that's that's about to happen, and we will we will update the social media with um, MK Ultra Media uh, being on. You know, we're we're being recognised by national media now, so obviously mm-hmm. uh, this is getting big. Is what we're trying to say. Yeah, and the national broadcaster of Ireland is known for being one of the best national broadcasters in the world, potentially in the entire world. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um... But yeah, I guess we we'll, we can wrap it up now so you can make yourself a cup of tea and get Snuggy on the couch so you can watch yourself on telly. Yeah, yeah, we'll do. <laughs> Are you going to watch right. me? Um, yeah, so am I going to watch you? Yeah. Man, I'm a student. I can't fucking do that and I shouldn't even be doing this right now. No, but like... Nine, I will watch it. 9.35 on RT1. I'll, Stick it on. I'll get my mum to record it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So as as usual, bloody at MK Ultrafilm on the Instagram, MKUltrafilm at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um if you want to send in any voice messages or anything, you can send a message to Killian on 089-490-2837. The wonderful thing about having Mark back in the country is also I can hang out his number, uh, which I will do on next week's episode. That's to entice you to come and listen to not next week, sorry, we do these once every two weeks. But yeah, thanks for uh, listening if you got this far. And um, yeah, I think direct people generally towards the Instagram. So we're on Instagram. That's where we post most of our stuff. And then please send uh, voice messages or even email us at mkultrafilm at gmail.com if you think we are wrong about anything. Which I think I I talk to Mm. a lot of people and a lot of people think we are wrong about an awful lot of stuff. So that would be great if we could have a bit of dialogue. Strange that actually like very rarely happens to me. Um, really? <laughs> people. <laughs> the uh, anyway, yeah. Listen, thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs> See ya. Cheers.